I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together we, we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre. Of the same genre. And watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you'll know what's a surprise hit and what's totally... Hello everybody and welcome to the film review show that likes to peek under Netflix's skirts and see what dirty ankles it's got. (laughs) That's a good one. I like that. (laughs) We Watch Anything is back to talk to you again about uh, about some, some some films which is sort of what we do isn't it Jono? <laughs> You're brilliant. I started well. Uh, yes we do like to talk about films dude and um, yeah I'm feeling in a good place. I, I'm liking the subject this time. Now do you remember last time we didn't tell people what we were going to do. You just had a harebrained scheme about an actual trilogy of films. Did you come up with an actual trilogy trilogy of films? Well it's funny you should ask. I did find a couple of trilogies on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting to find many trilogies, and there were only a couple. The, the two I really... Um, this could be a lie. There may have been three. Um, but lots of them were missing bits. Yes. So okay, lots I've of stuff would be like two and three, or one and three, or just three, or things like that. So the mm-hmm. two I did, I found um, I found The Human Centipede. Mm-hmm. And I figured uh, that a lot of people have seen The Human Centipede, maybe. And a lot of people don't want to hear about three of them, possibly. No. I'm not no. sure. I, there are I other think podcasts I th- that can handle that. Yeah, exactly. I, I think an hour of or whatever of talking about that stuff is not. Is, yeah, it doesn't fill me with joy. No, I mean, I you know, I've, I've actually I'd already seen one and two anyway. So oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and then there was the Sharknado, not trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen one. There are four on there. But then, you know, can we really start at two? And also, is it not too well known? Frankly, Sharknado has been, you know, a total low budget phenomenon. So I think a lot of people out there know what you're going to get. And I think, to be honest, by the sound of things, it was exactly the same thing each movie as well. It was kind of like, you know, cut and paste location. But tornadoes, sharks, (laughs) improbable circumstances, guy from Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, is that who that is, the main guy? Yeah. Uh, and um, what's her face Tara Reid yeah which always makes me sad as well because you know Mm. how low she fell and how good she could have been yeah she's from American Pie right yeah Yeah. and Big Lebowski of course yeah yeah. which I watched watched only last night how marvellous so I decided to not do trilogies um, but we still had to I didn't want to do a genre no so um, I went for the same subject matter. Three movies about exactly the same subject matter, which sounds like a genre, but it's not really. Um, we went for three. I went for three crocodile movies. Yes, you did, Ben. And... <laughs> <laughs> I still think it's a complete fail on the trilogy score. But you're right. It's a little bit different. It's not like creature features. Oh, no. It's just croc Crocodiles. And yeah. I'd like to point out, not even an alligator slipped through the net. That no, was, that's true. There was three croc picks. Yeah, well, he did, the listeners, he did sort of text me going, do you think it'll matter if the, one of them's an alligator picture? And I, <laughs> and I texted back, no. 
<laughs> I still, but, as I was it, go- but as it was, we got all croc. I was going to look up the difference between the two and completely failed. Well, actually, now we're starting to talk about the actual films. Okay, well, crocodile films. I don't know about you, but my a very, very early was memory... Was that a song by Jimmy Nail? What? Oh, don't worry. Oh, crocodile shoes. <laughs> God. <laughs> no, um, a very, very early memory of going around um, someone's house... Right, the very first thing I remember ever seeing on video was around someone's house, a posh person's house, who had a Betamax video player, and I saw Parent Trap. I saw a bit of Parent Trap, and it was the first time I'd ever seen something that wasn't live on TV, mm. and it blew my mind. The second thing I ever saw was around another Did you, like, keep house. rewinding it? Just go, oh, my God, I have so much power. <laughs> well, it wasn't my video player, so I don't think I had the power. But, but um, oh. but was, well, the second thing I remember doing this was the film Alligator. Do you remember the oh, film Alligator? I do. Really early, um, late seventies or early eighties, I forget which, but uh, you know the, the one about an alligator that's flushed the down sewers. the loo, and then yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I was quite pleased to return to crocky alligatory fun. For Back to podcast. your roots in many ways. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How about you? What's your first croc memory? Um, I honestly don't know. The 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 the, the croc movie that always kind of stands out in my head is Lake Placid because I mm. think we may have mentioned it on the podcast before. I love Lake Placid. I think it's brilliantly written. Um, it's got an absolutely stunning cast. Fabulous it's got cast. some of my favourite um, like character actors. Anything with Oliver Platt in, I will watch Me a too. million times. Yeah, it's got um, Oliver Platt. I mean, I've actually got. Yeah, uh, oh yeah it's got your. I'm just repeating a great cast, but yeah, it's also got Brendan Gleeson and um, Bridget Fonda and Bill Pullman. Yes, and I yeah. love. All of them. Yeah, me too. I love Bill Pullman. I've had, I've not seen Bill Pullman in anything for ages. Actually, I'm sure he still gets loads of work, but I've not seen him in anything. Yeah, and I know. I'm, I'm and I read that Bridget Bridget Fonda has. Um, I think she's retired essentially from acting. Oh, has she? Because I absolutely love her. Yeah, she's great. She was in Single White Female, wasn't she? She and, was, and um, Jackie Brown. Yeah. Awesome, and Jackie Brown. Yeah. Mm. Jackie Brown. Yeah. So neither of those movies had crocodiles in. Mm-hmm. But Lake Placid did. And that's yeah, that's I guess that's my yeah, Lake Placid is sort of my touchstone croc movie. Yeah. Um there's a whole bunch, you know, around, but none of them really stands out as much as that. No. That actually did have a sequel. Yes, it did. <laughs> Would you like me to start talking about my film now, Benjamin? Wow, that's a brilliant uh, segue, <laughs> isn't it? It really is. Um because people, uh my film is Lake Placid. The final chapter, which is uh, the fourth in the Lake Placid franchise. Really? The fourth? I, I kind of figured it might be the third, but no, I didn't no, realize it was the fourth. fourth. And even though it's called the final chapter, it wasn't the final chapter. <laughs> the, um, afterwards, they, they teamed up with that. They did, you know, Lake Placid versus Anaconda. You know, so oh, God, Anaconda is such a bad movie. I know. I really don't like Anaconda at all. But OK, so to get going... Um, Lake Placid, the final chapter, it's from 2012. Um, and so just to rewind a little bit, don't worry, I'm not going to give you too much backstory. But <laughs> Can I the, have three movies? Yeah, backstory? No, no, don't worry, I'm not going to do that. But So we've already mentioned the original Lake Placid. It's from 1999. I totally agree with Ben. It's a great film. Um, really fun sort of B-movie-esque. But, um, Written by the guy who wrote Ali McBeal. The creative yeah, 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 that's mm. right. Um, and it's all about a great big crocodile that's terrorising a a place called Black Lake in Maine, yeah. and um, and it's got the brilliant cast we we mentioned. And just one other plot aspect I feel like I want to mention is that it turns out that, that there's a woman in a woman character in this film called uh, Mrs. Bickerman, and it turns out that she's sort of been feeding this giant 
crocodile cows. Yes. <laughs> so just yeah. I want to. I want to mention. She's an that. insane old lady who basically <laughs> sort of nurtures these mega crocs. Yeah. Anyway, so all the sequels after. So that was 1999. The first sequel, Lake Placid Two, came out in 2007. And all uh-huh. the sequels of all the films from then on are sci-fi channel flicks. Okay, right. so lower budget TV yeah. movies. Lake Placid Three was 2010, and I'm going to mention that because it has Yancey Butler as a sort of deranged poacher type person. She was actually in Kickass as the sort of the wife of the main head honcho bad guy, but that's only quite a small role, I suppose. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. and it's also got Michael Ironside in it, the third one. Yes. Anyway, now we come to my film. Love me some Ironside. Lake Placid for the final chapter, although it wasn't the final chapter. <laughs> so, 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 so the plot in the fourth one is that Black Lake has still got a crocodile problem, but basically there are now so many crocodiles that um, it's been turned not into a sort of not a sanctuary as such, but it is. It, the army have put a dirty, great big Jurassic Park style electric fence around the whole lake. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, so it's and, closed off to normal humans. So it's closed off to normal humans. And the ma- the basic thrust of the plot of Lake Placid 4 is, wouldn't you know it, something goes wrong and a high school field trip bus unknowingly <laughs> the, the oh, pl- plan, to, plan to go and camp by a different lake end up by mistake going to camp by this lake and, you know, and crocs occur. And it's up to um, various characters to save the kids. So, you know, that's the basic, basic setup. I'm going to tell you about some of the characters in it. So... The one of the lead characters is this sheriff, the sheriff of the town, played yep. by Elizabeth Rome or Rom. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. And her daughter, played by Poppy Lee Fryer, is um is this really serious girl. She's really workaholicy. She's a kind of she right. never goes out. She's always she's always reading her books. And her mum wants her to go and have fun and join in the swim team camping trip to the <laughs> lake. How old is this girl? Sorry, I think she's supposed to be sort of just university time you know that kind of first year at university (coughs) i don't know let's say 19 20 okay fine yeah now so so that's one set of characters you've got the chief and her daughter then another character is an army dude who's hanging around the town while the army finishes installing the electric fence okay and this is an american guy as in the character is but played by paul nichols do you know paul nichols what from um 80s uh, TV romantic thing, Heartbreak? Heart... I, no, I don't think, I don't know whether he was in that too, but no, well, I, I, don't, I don't know, but I know him because he was for quite a long time, he was Joe Wicks in East Oh, Enders. yeah, no, no, I was thinking of someone else. Yes, yes, I know exactly who you mean. And yes, he's yes, just yes. been, weirdly, he's just been in the news because on holiday, he fell down a waterfall just recently. Honestly, this was two days ago. He fell down oh, really? a waterfall and was trapped there for three days without a phone. What? <laughs> yeah, honestly, look him up. Three days, that's mental. I know, I know, but I'm glad to say he's okay. But anyway, so in this film, he plays, <coughs> it's, it's a British actor doing an American accent, and he, right. him and, and his son seem to be in charge of the electric fence. Then we come to Yancey Butler. Okay, so she's back from the third film, and she's Great. called Reba, and she's like this demented sort of, um, <laughs> sort of warden kind of thing you know so she's, she's like a, oh she's oh she's a wildlife warden is she sort of she's got a badge but she's like i mean 
she's in ways the heart of this film because she's like she's wisecracking she's really coarse she's mm. quite she drinks she takes no prisoners she's kind of she's like a tough guy and the people who wrote this film obviously think she's the funniest bit of the film and in, in lots yeah. of ways she is and um yeah basically she seems to want to kill or have sex with everything in the film you know that seems to be it's either kill or or have sex with and she kind of fancies paul nichols character but paul nichols has a flirtation with the sheriff and that's their thing so okay okay another exciting person in this robert england oh yes (laughs) yeah so he plays a nut job sort of poacher and um he turns out to have well i I don't want to say what he turns out to have because it's a bit of a spoiler but he's a sort of key role as well and the only other character I want to mention at this point really is a, a really boring part, but Jeff Stewart is the actor who plays him, and he's just he's just a cop, but he for absolutely years was in the bill playing PC Reg Hollis. Now I'm not that's oh yes fan. I know exactly what you mean that's why the name rang a bell. Yeah, so it's really weird like seeing these two kind of stalwarts of crappy daytime well no like yeah. evening British even... TV in in Lake Placid the final chapter. I may have even seen him in the flesh when I many moons ago, just after we left uni, worked uh, in Blockbuster. <laughs> they used to film the bill quite frequently in our car park. Oh, really? Yeah, and I have a suspicion <laughs> that one time he was on set. Wow. Well, there yeah. you go. Well, in this he plays Deputy Nermal, which I um, yeah weird, weird name. Anyway, so just to cut to the chase, Plot so basically, me. yeah. So I won't give you all the plot because there's no real need. But there, those are the sort of subplots that, like, the kind of the army guy fancies the sheriff, and but the the main plot gets going when the girl, the daughter of the of the sheriff, goes on this camping trip, and they're being driven in this bus by this really sleazy driver who's looking at porn on his phone while he's driving. <laughs> but it's not Don't real porn. That. But like, you know, it's kind of it's kind of you know this film's version of porn like soft quarry sort of yeah thing. It's, it's just ridiculous just leery and horrible. and due to his sort of um porn habits you mm. know his his bad road management he takes a wrong turn and by bad chance the sort of electric fence gate is open and so he goes right. to the wrong thingy now the sh- the daughter the sheriff's daughter has this sort of there's a jock type character on the trip called joey who turns out to be a bit of a bad egg and like there's a flirtation there but then this series of part of the film then it turns into sort of classic sort of teen slasher horror type stuff with the kids mm. a few of the kids getting picked off and there's like plenty of gratuity like there's loads of you know suddenly people decide to do topless bathing you know, right excellent and, yeah you know there's a sex scene and then immediately the people having sex get killed get eaten. cool and um good sort of classic moral fiber stuff yeah and then so basically the it, there's there's the, the crocs start occurring and the you know and <laughs> and so everyone goes eh and at various points like there well then a key bit happens later on when the, a, a particular group of these stricken kids form a sort of um uneasy alliance with the poacher guy Robert England okay and so the point of the whole film is that does the, so does the sleazy porn watching bus driver get killed yeah, I wouldn't like to say, dude. Oh. I wouldn't like to say. He looks a bit like a young Jack Black, the actor who plays him. And he's, mm. yeah, I can't remember what his name is actually, but um, yeah, he he's not a nice character, so okay, take a guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the point. So so the the whole point of the film is that like so the the sheriff is looking for her daughter, and the army dude, um, from EastEnders, you know what's his name? His son Nichols, is yeah. also with this group of teens. Has ended up being with this group of teens. So. The army dude and the sheriff dudes are trying to find their children. Okay. Yeah. 
So, uh, so I mean, there's, I, I'm guessing I, I've, I sort of will find this out later. Um, but when it comes to a sort of crocodiles eating people picture, mm. there isn't that much finer detail you can go into with the plot, really, is there? No, no, exactly. And I mean, you know, and this is the thing. It's that's basically the plot. There's you know little twists and turns, and there's there is there is a connection back to the original film in the plot, which I won't go into, but but it's nice to have there for you know yeah, for yeah. real real fans of this of the series. Um, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna move to my review, I think, because yeah, I yeah, mean, hit it. I I really really quite enjoyed it. I mean, Yay! I mean, oh right. So th- first of all, the effects in the original Lake Placid were yes. really kind of okay. You know, it was yeah, well, fit- I mean, it was a relatively big budget exactly. you know, production. Yeah, it was a sort of, had that B-movie vibe, but it was a big budget film. Yeah, it this, was a B-movie with money, yeah. Yeah, this is a sci-fi channel movie, so the effects are really awful. Yeah. Um, I mean, really terrible. It's like these terrible computer-generated, very fast-moving, ridiculously fast-moving crocodiles, but that's almost quite funny. And it, 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 I, th- I think the thing is, it knows what it is. It knows it's a silly film, and so yes. there's a kind of... Um, there's a kind of honesty to it. You know, it's not trying to be anything that isn't. It's a silly B-movie. And while the effects are terrible, the, the sort of set-piece build-up to those moments of terrible yeah, effects yeah. are quite well done. Um, the acting's fine. And I, I don't think I, I, I don't think I'd recommend it as such, because I, I mean... Really? It made, it this went, is sounding like a recommendation. No, but it, I mean, the thing is, it made me really want to watch the first one again. Mm-hmm. And... I, but I did quite enjoy this film's company, and I think the real real reason that I enjoyed it is that once it had got to the bit where the the teens were all in the lakeside, you know, doing the ca- that just so felt like a sort of eighties old school low budget second yeah, yeah. string teen slasher terrible film, and I really Marvelous. enjoyed being in that world. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, um, we're saying rainy day or late night wide awake. Is it worth? Is it worth a watch? Yeah, I think in ways it is. But lower your expectations, I think, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to call, call it, a, just to get to my grade, you know, I'm yeah. going to call it a D plus. Oh. But it, you can tell, but, no, but you can tell there's sort of love in there. But I mean, it's yeah. just, it is a bad film. It's not really funny, but it's just, it, it just sort of, it does make me chuckle at times. And like I say, this yeah. sort of, the Reba character is quite funny. And um, yeah, I just think, I think it's quite silly and it knows where it is. It knows it's a D plus, you know, it yes. owns its D plus. It wears its D plus on its T-shirt and it's quite proud of its D plus. I think that's where it is. Well, um, if you can stand up and be proud of your D plus, I mean, that's uh, that's a lovely place to be in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I'm pretty going to watch this now, even even <laughs> though you've given it the D plus. I think it sounds like I could well be in for something I would quite enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, it's, yeah. But actually, from reading a few reviews of the others, because I've not seen Lake Placid two or three, mm. it sounds like it is better than Lake Placid two or three. Um, oh, and, good. And it's nice seeing Robert Englund in anything. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I liked a lot of the other characters in it too, really. And um, yeah, it's just got some really like amusingly poor moments. Like there's this bit when two girls come out to do some swimming late at night, and they're in their bikinis. Yeah. And then they both take their bikini tops off. For no apparent reason, and you just right. and you're just like okay, yeah, brilliant. And meanwhile, and then just that the stupid sleazy driver who's 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 also on the camping trip comes and sort of like stares at them while doing a wee into the lake. Oh, <laughs> and it's like oh, this is so ridiculous. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't really have a particularly strong best line or worst line, but one of my favourite bits was. 
<laughs> there's a lot of get out of the water you know endlessly people are shouting yeah, yeah. get out of the water there's one particular bit when a character is shouting at another character to get out of the water and then because he really wants to make his point he sort of gets into the water into the shallows to shout get out of the water and then another character is shouting at him to get out of the water <laughs> and i was so praying for a fourth one to shout at the you know oh. that would have been comedy gold <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, worth my a watch, only, I think. And my yeah. only one question for you, mm. and it's going to have to be a recurring theme throughout this, is what are the deaths like? Mm. Do we get a good bit of gore? Do we get some inventive, like head chopped off stuff, or are we just draggy? I wouldn't say they are particularly inventive. There's a lot of them, and you know, there are, there's a there's a sort of piranha type death with loads of baby crocs all feeding. You know, oh, I like that. It, generally, it's these ridiculous, badly done, fast-moving crocs just chopping heads off and stuff. So I wouldn't oh, okay. say they are particularly inventive deaths. Spurty though. necks? Yeah, some spurty necks. Oh, good. I, I, yeah, no, there's some cool. Oh, and I've got a final fun fact. Um, oh, really? An FFF. Um, director, the dire- this was directed by Don Michael Paul, who also directed Tremors 5. <laughs> <laughs> and... I've got it in ways. This is my favourite fact. He also directed Kindergarten Cop 2 with Dolph Lundgren. Oh, how have I not seen <laughs> I that? Know, it's quite recent. I think I was like 2015 or 16, I think. Really? Oh, yeah. we have to find that. Please be on Netflix. Please be on Netflix. I know. I really want to see that. <laughs> I love oh, Kindergarten wow. Cop. Hmm. Wow, anyway. that's awesome then, dude. Well, like I say, I think I will probably check that out. And I've got a, you know, I have a lot of commuting to do. And, uh, <laughs> and that could well be. I think I'm going to Barcelona for a few few days as well, so that could be a nice in oh, the hotel room. God, don't watch this in Barcelona, dude. Surely, uh, it's the end of a work day. You're tired. Yeah, um, I watched a movie called Rogue. <laughs> you always sound so panicky and vague when you come to your title. That's because I could never remember the title of anything. I called yeah, it was called, a movie called Rogue. It's from 2007. Okay. It's not the sequel to anything. It is um, not a prequel or something, but the direct, it's directed by a guy called Greg McLean. Have you heard of Greg McLean? Aussie yeah, director. yes, I have, yes. It's the movie, this is the movie he made before he made Wolf Creek. Okay. Yeah, I, um, do, I do like Wolf Creek, but I never I quite like to Wolf watch Creek. it again. No, that actually has a number of sequels, which he did himself. But oh, did he? I think there are three Wolf Creeks. If they'd all been there, that would have been cool. Anyway, so directed by Greg McLean, so a, a, an Aussie horror director who's, who knows his chops, basically. Mm. Um, you've got uh, an absolute smorgasbord of, I've said that before too many times, you've got an absolute buffet of Cavalcade. stars. Cavalcade. Oh, okay. I like Cavalcade. It's nice. <laughs> I might sit with Buffet, though, quite like that. Mm. Um, you have Rada Mitchell. Okay, yeah. Mia Wasikowska. Um, she was Alice in Alice in Wonderland, the Tim Burton one. She's in a whole oh, okay. stuff. She's, she's really good. Um, Sam Worthington. Okay, yeah, I know him. Um, and uh, the, the other sort of the main two in it are Rada Mitchell and this guy Michael Varton, who I have not watched it myself, but he's a big dude in Alias, the TV series. He's just oh, okay, American. not seen. Um, essentially, plot is. Michael Varton um, turns up in this super outback town wearing a suit because the, uh, the 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 airline have lost his luggage and he's wearing shades and he starts smoking a cigarette so he must be really cool and then he goes uh, he's obviously you know, he's there for a reason then he goes into a hotel and the bartender 
So the talks to him. And then I started going, the bartender. I know the bartender. Oh, it's the dad from Strictly Ballroom. Oh, really? Yeah, which made things just... And there was loads of that sort of like slightly, you know, that kind of like like he does with Strictly Ballroom, a little, a lot of like, you know, wide, uh, very wide lens, just quite tight on his face. So he gets a bit fisheye. Do you mean um, as in... Um, can I bend Barry your Otto, it's called. Sorry? Guy, said, do you mean, uh, can I bend your ear for a tick, son? The, the, the guy, the yes. father yeah, yeah, of the Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. not the sort of Greek-Australian one. Greek? No, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, not him, no, no, his his dad, yeah. Um, uh, and he sort of chats to him a bit and uh, finds him slightly annoying and mixes a fly into his coffee, ha-ha. <laughs> um, and then they, they end up on a boat trip uh, with Rada Mitchell as the, the boat trip leader. And they've sort of assembled, you know, your cast of characters on the boat. You've got a couple of American tourists. You've got some Brit tourists with their daughter. You've got this American guy, obviously here, and he's in a suit, so you think he must be here for some sort of businessy reason. Um, and then you have a really annoying photographer and a really annoying Irish lady and a dog, um, who's quite cool. And uh, basically, they they're on a sort of crocodile safari. Essentially, they're going down. They're in uh, the Northern Territory. So it's super hot, super flies everywhere, and super big crocodiles. And so they they go along. There's another boat, and they're they're sort of dangling bits of meat, and they're seeing you've seen these massive crocs rise out of the water. And there's lots of croc shots, and everyone's just like, "Wow, crocodiles!" And they get to a point in the river, and they've seen a whole bunch of crocs. And then Rod Mitchell basically turns the boat around and says, "All right, well that's been it. We're heading back now." Uh, we should be back in about an hour, and at which point you know things are going to go wrong. Mm. Um, and then they see a distress flare, and they have to go and investigate, which lots of people are quite grumpy about, going, oh, I've got a bus to catch. But, you know, it's the law of the water. Yeah. So they go and investigate the, um, the flare, and they sort of find this trashed boat. And just as they find this trashed boat, their boat suddenly hits this, there's this massive impact. And they, they head for shore, and sort of beach themselves on a little island in this river system. And uh, you very quickly, well, you, you're obviously going to know this, it'd be very quickly, they very quickly find out that it is just a gargantuan crocodile that is being very territorial and has decided to stalk them and eat them after well, smashing a, their boat. In a pieces. kind of, um, this time it's personal jaws for the revenge kind of way. Or in just... that sort of way, but more... <laughs> I mean, less um, family orientated. Okay, that's one of the but... most absurd things. Awesome. <laughs> We're going to escape the shark. Let's move to the beach. Um, but uh, it's no, it's much more. Um, you're in my territory. Yeah, I don't like you. Plus, I quite like eating you. Mm. And so this group of they're on a small island. They want to get to a bigger island and eventually onto the mainland bit so they can escape. And that sort of where we are um sam worthington is her i think ex-boyfriend it never quite becomes clear he turns up tries to help out he's a very brash and abrasive sort of dude dick um and he lasts about four minutes i think his screen time must be like i like to do a spoiler here ladies and gentlemen but he's on screen if you, in case you're going to watch this it's like a great sam worthington movie max five <laughs> minutes probably four minutes of screen time um and then, and that's that's really about it. It's it's their their uh, fight for survival against this enormous, massive crocodile that is trying to eat them, and uh, and chase them around the island. Awesome. Ah, I mean, so, that, that I'm I'm enjoying it. That that sounds good. That sounds like the kind of film I hoped it would be. 
we've got a decent director. We've got a decent budget. I think it was like 27, 28 million. Wow. Okay. Which yeah. is nice. I expect you know. that's a lot higher than my films. Yeah. Um, a lot of you know, a lot of nice shots of the the boat and the river. Loads of drone. I don't know if, don't know if drones were big in two thousand seven. Maybe maybe they were heli shots. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Heli work. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Cameras in the air. It's like magic. Um, <laughs> I do remember uh, listeners. There was this time when Ben came round and he just showed me a website, and it was long before like drones were so cheap and easy. And it was a full-on bloody like you know fifth-size helicopter that you could <laughs> control with remote control. It was awesome to buy it. It did look good, but yeah, I didn't buy it. I'm glad you didn't buy that. So am I. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, um, go on. Yes. So, yeah, essentially, it's sort of... I got halfway through mm. and suddenly went... Well, I got to the point, maybe 40 minutes away, through, half an hour into it, and I suddenly went, yes, this is this is a horror movie, but it's really a disaster film. Because mm. they're stuck on, a, they're stuck on a, um, an island. There's a dog. There are a colourful bunch of characters with different nationalities and a wide range of ages. Mm. There's someone who can't swim. Mm. There's the mm. brash guy who takes charge. There's the ballsy lady. There's the old lady willing to sacrifice herself. We're watching a disaster movie. That's great. <laughs> the disaster happens to be a crocodile. But that, but essentially, it is a disaster pick. It's like it's a crocodile monster movie disaster pick, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, I. All in all. It's definitely worth a watch. Um, like acting wise, great. Rada Mitchell, like her a lot. Um, uh, the dude from Alias is fine. Sam Worthington is nice and brash and abrasive. The, the cast of characters do, you know, exactly what they're supposed to. It does fall apart a bit in the last fifteen minutes. Oh, really? Okay. It gets a bit too silly, and there's only so, there is one major. Well, I watched it with my wife, and she did come up with the major criticism: is like, why doesn't the crocodile just get onto land? Why is it just waiting till they get in the water? Because they can walk and they're really fast as well. And That's actually, well, they are in Lake Placid Four. I can tell you, they're ridiculously I look this up. fast. Twenty nine, twenty nine to thirty five kilometers an hour on land, a crocodile can do. Have you been looking at crocodile facts? Yes, I was doing. We're doing a crocodile podcast. <laughs> God, I now feel bad. I've not done any croc research. Yes, you should feel ashamed. Turn your head to the wall. I am. Um, yeah, so they, so they are pretty fast. So yeah, it is a bit slightly bizarre that it never bothers coming onto land to eat them but anyway that aside it's really quite a fun a bit like yours in some ways mm. it's quite a fun ride it's not it, it does exactly what you mine. expect it to do it sounds better than mine oh i think it's way better than yours like it's good mm. like it's it's not good but it's you know you don't watch it and go oh oh yeah enjoyable piece of shit like mm. you you watch it and go Oh yeah, that was so pretty. And there's like there's some genuine moments of tension. The tension they it builds up pretty well. You know, we he made Wolf Creek. We know he knows what he's doing, mm. and it's got a decent cast. Um, the script is fine, not really stellar or sparkly. There is an unexpected moment with a dog, which is which I really appreciated. Oh good. Um, well, I know for a fact yes, that you're not a when... particular fan of dogs in disaster movies. So does that mean no? I the love the dog. I'm not going to say one way or t'other, <laughs> but. Um, I think that uh, overall, yeah, it, it's a success. We're going to call this a very, very, very solid C. Oh, great. Which That's is a fabulous. watch. Totally recommended. Um, even recommended for a Saturday night in, if you fancy like if you fancy a crocodile slash disaster movie and you're not looking to go A-list, it's a decent B-movie. 
with a decent cast. It does get silly at the end. The end does let it down a mm. bit. But then so many things like this do, and we've talked about like Lord yeah. Diminishing Returns, like you sort of you can live with it. I can live with it. It's 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 not what I would have wished. No. Um partly just because they don't they don't pull off the massive crocodile badly. I think there's quite a bit of practical effects mixed in with the CG. Okay. Um, but it's so big that it gets a bit silly. Yeah. Um, and there's I mean, that sort the of you know, there's, like, there's inevitable like ra- it rampaging through things and smashing stuff to try and get at our heroes. It gets very sort of Jurassic Park like that. It's like a T Rex attack from Jurassic Park. At mm, okay. But and it's, it's, I think the interesting really, thing you've not talk- a bad thing you talked about is um. I think you're right that so often these sort of monster movies can there's a definite sort of crossover with disaster films. I mean you yeah. know, Jaws definitely feels like a it's got a lot in common with a disaster film. But I think this this, this has way more because you've got that like band you've got that sort of like whereas Jaws is, you know, um the whole of Amity, this is just a very small band of survivors yeah. and it's very much a classic like there's the young girl, there's the old guy, yeah. there's the you know, American couple, there's the English couple, that kind of thing. And here's the you know, the ballsy hero slash heroine who are both going to save the day. Is this time to resurrect our Dante's Peak versus Twister debate? Oh, this is this is so much better than Dante's Peak. <laughs> I would I would much rather watch Rogue fifteen times than watch Dante's Peak once. Mm. How about Twister though? Does this beat Twister as well? <sighs> Just so you know, listeners, Ben loves Twister. I like Dante's Peak. They came out at similar times. I was Team Dante's Peak. He was Team Twister, and we've argued about it ever since. I haven't quite watched Twister in such a long time, actually. That this is <laughs> it's quite hard to get over um, Bill Paxton, though. Mm, true. And this true, movie true. doesn't have Bill Paxton in, yeah. so Twister wins. Sorry, yeah. I do love Bill Paxton. Well, I that's great, have... dude. I'm pleased that was good, and um, I mean, you, you've you've sold me. I, I quite want to watch. Uh, sorry, it was called Rogue. Rogue, yeah. No, yeah. I, I would, I would definitely that's say great. watch Rogue. I've got, I've got, I do have best line and worst line as well. Okay, good. Go. Um, so the best line, there's lots of great sort of like you know, you know honest Aussie talking, mm. but the best bit is uh, the results are in. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's genuinely brilliant. I like that. Yeah. Um, and the worst line is just the dog's called Kevin, and there's a point when Kevin sort of runs off because he catches his mistress's scent, and the dude's chasing him, and all he shouts is Kevin for like seven minutes. <laughs> that's the only thing that happens in the movie is just this guy going Kevin to the point where you know when you, when you repeat a word so many times it becomes utterly ridiculous. And by the end of it, Kevin, the word Kevin has lost all meaning. He's still going, Kevin! It's not like quite like a moment, but he does run around going, Kevin! Far too much. Plus the fact they called the dog Kevin. <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that sounds hilarious too. So, one more question. What year was this film? 2007. 2007. Oh, okay. Yes. So, um, doesn't it doesn't really feel like it could easily have been made you know, last year. That's a nice, actually, it's a really nice thing about something like this that's done in the outback or somewhere where there's no cell phone signal. Mm. So the fact that people aren't immediately on their mobiles is neither here nor there. Yeah, gives it a timeless quality. Yeah, it is. It's just amazing mm. how many movies you think about where you go, how would that have been changed with a mobile phone? Mm. Absolutely immeasurably. But not rogue. Yeah. Keeps on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, from Rogue, let's move on to our combo movie. 
Yes, let's do that. Uh, which was called? I have the title right here. And you're I know this title. one. I know this one. No, you're terrible it's at called, titles. I'll do it anyway. It's called the hatching. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Very good, dude. The hatching. He's right. Annoyingly, from For ages um, I thought it was called the hatchling. <laughs> from um, 2016, so quite a recent flick, and it's a. British I had a suspicion movie. actually. It was it was released in 2016, but made in 2014. Yes, Not that's actually, very interesting. I no, I, I I think you're right. I think it was actually being filmed in 2013. But anyway. oh my god, it was being thought about in 2010. <laughs> um, and it's directed and co-written by a bloke called Michael Anderson. Mm. And it's... do you know what, what what is his most auspicious credit to date? Do you? I looked this up on IMDb. Oh, I, well, basically, I thought the hatching was his most auspicious credit to date. What did you find? Well, he was. A clapper loader on American Werewolf in London. You're fu- you're kidding me, really? Yeah. Wow. So he's obviously quite an old dude. Well, he was young then, I guess, in the eighties. But he was, yeah, because he's. I think he's a, primarily a cinematographer. Right. Uh, but he was a clapper loader. Okay. But... He was an absolute dog's body on American Werewolf in London. That is awesome. That yeah, is I think really it's quite cool. cool That's great. Oh yeah, I think I probably just um, looked up his directing credits because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not had too many directing credits has he oh that's that, that is a good bit of research dude nicely done oh yeah i'm very proud of you for finding that and i'm slightly ashamed that i didn't find it anyway well, this is a um, combo movie it's fine we're both you know yeah anyway, a little bit from column a a little bit from column b it's fine shall we talk about the plot briefly um let's talk about the plot briefly so the, this film starts with uh, something that's happening uh, with a flashback type thing so it starts with a trio of kids um, are breaking into a facility at night, a facility that has dangerous crocs, and we don't really know why, but they're going right. in there, they crawl they're past a dangerous croc to steal essentially, some eggs. Essentially, they're breaking into a crocodile sanctuary based in the West Country. <laughs> For well, any <coughs> listeners out there who are not um, UK com- conversant, the West Country is the West of England, not normally where you'd expect to find crocodiles. Um or anything more dangerous than maybe a mad badger. No, exactly. But also, we're not talking the absolute uh, cradle of... Um, it's, it's not sort of main city land out there either. They're no. in a place called the Somerset Levels, which is pretty out the way. It's so rural, quite it's flat, it's damp, it's quite swampy. Yes, which yeah. I guess crocodiles like swamps. Yeah, so there is that. But anyway, there's some kind of facility that seems to look after a crocodile. These three little boys break in <laughs> to steal eggs, and on the way out, as you do, one of them falls over and gets eaten by a crocodile. Quite um, well. Yeah, yeah. And um, then it's fast forward like 10, 15, 15 years, years, I think. I think. And one of the boys, because they, oh, they do manage to get away with their eggs, by the way, despite the death of their friend. Yeah, um, they still, still get the eggs. Uh, otherwise, this film would be called. Cool. Um, <laughs> It'd be a very short. Movie. Yeah. No um, hatching. Yeah. The um. So it's it, so a, ba- a grown man now called Tim um, mm-hmm. is returning to his hometown after the death of his dad in the Somerset Levels. Not not the dad's death, but the to- hometown. I, I imagine that probably did die in the Somerset Levels because it's his dad's house he goes to and his dad's business that he takes over. Yeah, exactly. So he's going to. I mean, he could have died in the plane crash. I don't know, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, and he turns up at this place, and he's going to take over the business, which is some kind of stone-working business. Is yeah, it? I think it's like a monumental masons or something. They make garden statuary, and they may make gravestones. Not sure. Yeah, yeah, and um, stuff. It's 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 a workshop. Yeah, with some some lo- some local types, and um, 
and uh, and yeah, and he returns with his girlfriend, I should say, yeah. Lucy, and uh, and uh, and and disappearances have been occurring in this place. And, yes, and the, the now and essentially within the film, these now grown massive reptiles, uh, crocodiles, um, are sort of on the loose. Really. Are sort of on the loose, on, on the loose, on on the on the loose, <laughs> and um, and start eating people. And um, there's a sort of uh, there's a quite a major subplot with some. I just space... don't know if we go there or not yet. Oh uh, no, okay, yeah, I was worried it's about that. It's spoilerific, but yeah, there's. I, I think we I think we let this, this review this. continue and work out whether we drop that yeah, later because okay. I have a suspicion we might have to. But um, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so they, they, he's, he's also he also hooks up with his childhood friend who he stole the eggs with. Yeah, and in terms and sort of, of the sort of around. the dynamic is that it's very much an us and them because although he grew up there presumably when he was a kid, the point is he's not a local, and there are some very Somerset locals who work at the place of his dad's who don't like him at all. Well, take... he is a bit of a tool. Yeah, and um. But it's very much like he's the sort of squire of the manor. Kind of yeah. Thing. He comes back. There's also his uncle thrown into the mix who hates him because uh, oh, yeah. he's been given the, the Masons instead of his uncle. His, his brother, you know, died and left it to his son, not to his not to his uncle. Kind of yeah, thing. exactly. And so, and the uncle is played by... Justin Lee Collins. Justin Lee Collins. Not a... So, so I mean, who's Justin Lee Collins, dude? This is a really good question, because I was going to ask you the same thing. I know who Justin Lee Collins is. He's got long hair, and he sort of pops up on things, and he's a name, but I don't really know what he does. Is he a comedian? Is he a presenter? I'm not sure. He's I'm just not sure a Justin either. Lee Collins. He was just... He, he sort of rose to fame in this country on sort of Friday night TV with Alan Carr. I think he used to present something with Alan Carr. Oh, did he? And it was. I think of, this might have been when I used to live in a different country. It, it was well for me. It was when it was just. It was a stage in my life where I really wasn't watching any kind of sort of Friday night style TV. So it's one of those things yeah. where you just sort of like wake up and suddenly find out someone's famous and go, "Oh, really?" It feels like you've missed a meeting or something. But then, um, <laughs> That's exactly how I still feel about him because yeah. I don't think he's famous anymore, is he? Really? Does no. He well, I, I mean, I don't know the full story. But there's been, you know, he's had a loss of, a quite severe loss of face. I wonder if he started out as a DJ. He feels like somebody started out as a radio mm. DJ and then I don't know. became briefly a television personality. Anyway, we're not number far one too long fans, about Justin Lee Collins because no. he's frankly not very interesting. <laughs> no. But he plays the... Um, the uncle. The uncle. Yeah. And Also... Okay, go. What are you going to say? Well, I was going to say also popping up in this movie is someone who is quite interesting. Thomas Turgoose? Thomas Turgus yes. from This Is England. Yes. Yes, who I absolutely adore. Now, I should say, I am a huge Thomas Turgus fan. I've never seen This Is England. I've heard loads of people tell me to oh watch it. Oh, my God, really? No, never watched it. But the reason I love Thomas Turgus is because of Summerstown, which I just think is the Oh, most... I still haven't seen Summerstown. Oh, it's amazing. It is absolutely perfect. It is one of... It's just If this were video, great. you could see the absolute love in Jono's face right now. But if not, <laughs> as it's not, I'm just going to have to transmit this to you. He really likes Summerstown. <laughs> it's it's the same director as, you know, he used Thomas Turgus in, in, in that and in um, This Is England. What's the name of the director who does This Is England? Um, oh, director. I've suddenly gone blank. That's yeah, not fair. That's, that's no good, is it? God, we're rubbish. Um, anyway, Thomas Turgus is a Fuck local... Ken Loach. Oh, um, Thomas we'll Turgus is yeah. I'll carry on. Thomas Turgus plays a local butcher who um, yes, who, a creepy local butcher. Yeah, he is quite creepy, and um, he's definitely you know he's a supporting role in this for much of it. Um, 
but you know he's perfectly he, he's in this film no doubt about it um, <laughs> thank god <I> <laughs> he's that. very 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 in this film and then out of the locals there's a character called the sort of comedy duo in this film are the locals Shane Meadows Shane Meadows Shane Meadows thank you dude god that was driving me mad I was about to look it up um, yeah. the comedy duo in this film are the two chaps who again work at the same place and they're called Lardy and Russell and they're Danny Kirane and Jack McMullen and they're kind of I I've been very maybe generous in the way I've described them uh, in my notes. I've called them the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern <laughs> of the piece. And I think maybe that's what has been giving them a bit too much. Yeah, I think it possibly is. But like, so there's this definitely sort of us and them thing between this guy who's turned up and these locals. And the locals you see sort of like going down the pub and it's all very West Country. You know, they're they, West Country. They've all got West Country accents. And, and... To, the, to, to a, you know, some may say to a fault. Yes, some would say... Especially the sort of like the, the crowbarred in West Country um, like vocal or like dialecty words and things. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's almost like if you know if 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 you came from Somerset, uh, it's almost racist. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would go for. I think the thing about this is that like, okay, a West Country person just like any other person, can be incredibly funny. You know, yes. a, a, a really witty person with a West Country accent can make that accent seem absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But the accent on its own is not funny. No, the accent <laughs> on its own. And this essentially is, and that's what, that's actually, that, that leads us down sort of the road to say what this is. Because this is definitely, you know, it's a monster movie. Yeah. And we get some good deaths, there's some good beheadings, there's some great spurty blood. Yeah. But it is also... They're trying to make this a horror comedy sort of thing. They're trying 100%. to make this. They're going for comedy horror horror comedy. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I would say that um, our clapper loading director hmm. wears his influences quite heavily on his sleeve, and he really likes Edgar Wright. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, he wants this. He thinks this is a a a sort of yeah a Shaun of the Dead. Yes. That's what he wants. I That's what he wants. But he even does like some sequences, like when um. Uh, uh, the hero guy whose name I suddenly forgotten. Tim. Um, Tim and Lucy get to the cottage and sit down, and there's a there's a sort of classic sort of Edgar Wright bit of like close up on process and like really loud, yeah, making tea kind of bit, and it's very. She aren't Tim and Lucy the character names in Shaun of the Dead? Well, oh, no, no, that's the, that's thing. the best character it's... name in Space. Mm. Yeah, um, I do think so. As well as sort of the people we talked about, well, as Thomas Turgis, as well as Justin Lee Collins, we have Andrew Lee Potts, who is in Primeval, who's Tim, yeah. and we have Laura Aikman, yeah. who um, plays Lucy. And uh, so I think she's—I do think she's actually the best thing in it. I think she's—I I was going to say exactly that, and I yeah. think Andrew Lee Potts is not yeah. the world's greatest actor. Um, yeah. He's a little bit. There's points when he's just a little bit iffy, but she is also though she's so Lucy Davis. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yes, yes. It's, it's a bit like he wanted to cast Lucy Davis but couldn't afford her, so you go for Laura Aikman. Who, mm. I mean, Laura Aikman's got a great CV, actually. I mean, I'm not trying to put the girl down. She's in. She's she's easily the best thing in this. She's in Bluestone 42, which has its moment. She's in a whole bunch of um, that Mitchell and Webb book as well. She's got quite a, a, quite a good comedy CV. Yeah. But uh, I do think he was slightly... I, just, I, I feel that this guy just loves a bit of Edgar Wright. Yeah, I I think I think okay. So we've kind of described the the starting point plot, and the plot yes. does go in a few unexpected directions. 
possibly I don't know whether unexpected is quite the word, but it has some extra bits. It's I'm, not just croc. No, well, let, let's let, let's do the spoiler thing. Okay. Um, spoiler it's alert. It's mental, and it's not mental in a good way. It's mental because it has no idea what it wants to do, but it suddenly turns into. I think it turns into a serial killer movie yeah. for no apparent reason. No. And are the two serial killing characters together? Are they a couple? Because I thought it was a bit when they were holding hands as well. Look, I'm I'm gonna sort of, dude. I I don't know. Because, despite the fact that, like, okay, you could argue that this is certainly the beginning, it's quite a simple plot, okay? It's about yes. a crocodile terrorising a place, okay? And the point is that it took me a long time to figure out what the hell was going on. Even yes. though it's such a simple film, but it just took me an age to realise sort of who was who. There was just like, you know, there was the, okay, there was the flashback bit. I knew what happened then, a boy got killed by a crocodile. But yeah. when did the bloke turns up and Tim, it was just, there were just some, some, Upright bipeds wandering about. Some seemed happy. Some seemed sad. Some seemed worried. Some seemed old. One of them had all a dog. seemed overly West Country. They were all saying stuff in a series of scenes that sort of progressed forwards in a in a sequence like other films I've seen. <laughs> but at the end, but at the end of every scene, I was none the fucking wiser. I just I just didn't know what the fucking hell was going wrong, and I couldn't work out why I didn't know what was going on. Well, there's a whole point where someone you think someone's been eaten by a crocodile, then they turn up drugged in a bin. You're like, why? What? Yeah. And there's actually, I tell you what, one of the most amusing things in this whole thing is how often there isn't a crocodile attack. The first like 40 minutes, you kind of get that like water level shot of like the croc just sort of going, oh, 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 and then this person will walk away and be like, oh, dude, sad crocodile. Um, poor, poor, poor. I was so rooting for the crocodile by the end of it because it had so many false starts. But yeah, and then it does this flip thing where it suddenly goes, ha ha ha, I'm a serial killer movie. But it's not like From Dust Till Dawn. It's not like uh, either crime movie or, or, or like Psycho. It's not like a total flip because no. they still it's still a crocodile movie. Yeah. yeah it's just yeah, the crocodiles are sort of being nurtured by the serial killers who might be working, who are working together, yeah. who might be a couple, but who might not be. And I've just, it's a giant, giant dribbly wobbly mess and you're supposed to you're supposed to find russell and lardy the two sort of you know they're, they're supposed to be the comedy sidekicks yes the, or the sort of likable comedy comic and relief, i didn't really. find them likable or funny i found them irritating in the extreme oh yeah i they have a couple of moments which i thought were quite amusing but in but, general yeah, I, I agree just towards the end there was a couple of moments where they sort of like they didn't raise a chuckle in me, but I kind of thought, mm. but like there was even a bit when they, you know, they kept tooling up with bizarre weapons, which was so yeah. derivative of the Shaun of the Dead again, you know, with that cricket bat and everything. <sighs> but loads of other stuff actually in that sequence towards the end. There's a massive Fargo reference with the like leg in the meat grinder. Yeah, oh yeah. There is, um, there's a bad taste thing when he's hammering the thing into his foot and he's just there screaming. Oh yeah, yeah. There's also a whole bunch of music references I kind of caught in there. There's a lot of bad tasty music. Oh, there's I actually did... even a video game that I thought they completely ripped off, but I could be that could be me just getting over the top on it because it seemed so derivative. I did find there. the score quite annoying. Yeah. How did you find the music? Well, it was up and down this thing because like bits of it were were a direct rip of bad taste. Bits mm. of it were something else. It was so patchy and just all a bit irritating. But I think coupled with this is something that I noticed, and I, the only the only conclusion I can draw either this is an unbelievable amount of ineptitude in screenwriting, or they chopped large bits out. And I have a suspicion that they chopped large bits. For example, there's a scene when they go, he and um, Tim and Lucy go to the pub, right? Yeah. And Tim goes in there and everyone hates him and takes the mickey out of him and they all call him Timmy and 
His uncle is gruff and annoying. Mm. And the pub scenes were painful, I thought. All yeah, of them. But uh there's a scene in the pub and he goes with his girlfriend and then he's gonna go and sit down with her mm. and he goes, oh, I'll just have a quick word with my uncle and he does. And then he goes back inside and goes, Oh god, I'll have another drink, please. And then it cuts to her walking home alone in the dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then later on he drives back drunk, passes out, and then turns up the next morning. But there's nothing to like. At what point did he say, "Oh, you go home alone"? Or at what point did she sit there and go, "Oh, I'm just God." I mean, it's not like the world's biggest pub. No. It's not like she can't find him to work out what's going on, and it's not like he's not just sat there drinking. So I have absolutely no. Con- they must have cut a scene out where she said, uh, "Look, I'm not feeling this," and he went, "Oh, don't worry, I need to get drunk, go home, whatever." Because yeah. he turns up the next morning, and she's like, "Where have you been?" He went, "Oh, I got pissed and crashed the car." Oh, all right, but like. <laughs> At what point did she go to leave the pub alone in the dark? It just made absolutely no sense at all. It, it must have been some stuff cut out. If it's not, then it's ineptitude on an absolutely stellar level. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was just a big old mess. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. I mean, I did. I, I'm enjoying talking about it because I think it's a classic example of a film that's really interesting to try and figure out why it fails so completely. But I don't. I or don't why like it ever got made in the first place. Terrible. It yeah, was terrible. Yeah. It was really terrible. I watched it twice just to see if it was really, truly terrible. <laughs> really? And it really I is. watched quite a lot of it twice, but I didn't watch the whole thing twice. I couldn't it is truly, it. truly terrible. Oh god, there are so many bits that were just slightly irritating. Yeah, there was uh, the there was one genuinely funny scene. I thought the bridge bit was genuinely quite funny. What the bit when they're suspended? What when the boat goes well, underneath just, the just bridge? The first bit when they hit the bridge, so they're getting dragged by the crocodile, and then. They just unexpectedly get suspended on a bridge. I thought that was marginally. No, yeah, that was I'm, quite funny. Just that I, I didn't. That's one of the bits I wrote down saying I didn't like that bit. So yeah, oh. I'm not with you. Honestly, Disagreement. Way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, I did have. Did I have a best line? Worst line? I had a I'm best really line. Ashamed. I don't feel like I've done very good. Done well, actually, no. Good. I, I did have a best line in the worst line. Ha ha. I didn't, dude. I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. I listened to like loads of it. They were just because I think it was just that thing. It was just like loads of the script was just. Just really just average you know like yeah just, just like nothing and ever. it was very much it wasn't like this wasn't best line in the context of like you know mm. the world or any movie made ever but the bit when they're describing how they killed the first crocodile and russell goes well i got it in the headlock which properly killed it then Lord kicked it in the penis which is a bit much <laughs> i think i did okay which did make me chuckle yeah um uh and then the worst line is it, it, it it's definitely one of those things that it was try. It's definitely one of those things it was trying to do a sci-fi channel badness. So the policeman stands up and goes, I must point out that a crocodile is a dangerous animal. (laughs) And it was obviously trying to be a bad line. And for that, I punish it. Well, my only thing towards a best line, worst line, once as a sort of best line, you just named, you named someone who had worked on the construction of the film. I don't have a best line as such, but I just wanted to draw attention to an actress called Abigail Hamilton, who plays um, an old woman called Miss Dunstan, who gets killed in this film quite early on. Yes. So it's a very small role, but just it was a classic thing where I happened to look her up on IMDb, and it was just a really weird, interesting career. Her first credit was 1964, few bits and bobs. Then she was in the first ever episode, ever episode of Grange Hill in 1968. Oh, cool! Isn't that cool? Then she had one credit in the entire of the 1980s. One credit in all of the 1990s, and then suddenly, <laughs> since 2011, she's had loads of work. Then she's like, found her niche as an, and earlier an this year, she was, she was yeah, she's in Granny of the Dead, 
Which oh, I, great! Another quality production, yeah, obviously. Another, another zombie comedy film. That's what we all need. But um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah. Anyways, I just thought that was kind of moderately interesting. So, so that's my my effort. But, yeah. Brill. So, are we just calling this like a D minus, or is it an E? I think it's an E. I didn't hate watching it in a way because, as I say, I found it interesting trying to get to the bottom of what is so wrong with it. But it's definitely an E film for me, and I do I would not recommend it. I might go for an E plus. Mm, okay. Just because, no, well, again, E is. I was thinking as as a sort of low benchmark, is it better than Sex Lies of the Potato Men? Hmm. Difficult. Uh, it's definitely better than Sex. I mean, there's nothing. The thing is, there's it's nothing hateful well, in this. No, there's nothing hateful. No, I but that I I, th- I and I suppose as well, it's quite well sort of lit and shot at times, don't you think? As in, they sort of yeah, it's not badly shot. Yeah, yeah like I th- I feel like whoever I don't know who is director of photography, but I don't feel like they did too bad a job in terms of the way no. it actually physically looks. But so, in yeah. general, yeah, I might E plus it. Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's E plus it. Don't I'm bother, ladies and gentlemen. Don't bother. But overall, that's not bad. We've had two crock films that we both quite enjoyed, and a third that was terrible, but in a moderately interesting way. Yeah, so, yeah. This thing I couldn't call this a valiant fla- favor. I was uh, bleh, a valiant failure. I was about to, then you're like, it's not. It's just a giant mess. Yeah. So, but yeah, like you say, it's a failure in an interesting way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Two two scores. One uh, one absolute shocker. Not too bad. Uh, not too bad numbers, really. Yeah, that's pretty good. Now look, let's talk about the next genre, dude. What are we going to do? Well, um, ordinarily, this would be your choice because we flip-flop around, but we have had a listener suggestion um, from Ben over at the Quotal Recall podcast. And if you like a bit of film trivia, especially some culty stuff, Die Hard, Big Lebowski, things like that, those boys do an awesome film quiz. So he has suggested that we hit spoof movies, and that is not a suggestion that I am averse to. Oh no! Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that could be fun. We're oh, we're gonna we're gonna earn our stripes with spoof movies. I we suspect. are. There's going to be some absolute turgid, turgid nonsense out there. But it is our duty, of course, to to sort of pan for gold. Yeah. In the bottom of that Netflix sewer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fab. Well, I I, I have not selected a combo film yet. Have you got any suggestions for a combo film that people can play um, along at home with? No, not yet. Okay. We'll have a look. We'll put um, it out we'll, on Twitter. We'll, once we worked out what it is, I'll tweet it out in case anyone feels the need to put themselves through that along with us if uh-huh. they're feeling a bit masochistic. Um, cool. And until next time, I'd urge you to also check out the Britpod scene. It's a collection of British podcasts over a whole bunch of topics from video games, other movie things, um, Formula One, and just people talking about you know great stuff about life. It's a it's anything on the Britpod scene. It's a collective that we're very proud to be part of, and I urge you to go and check it out. Awesomeness. You I can will. also get in touch with us uh, the usual way at We Watch Anything on Twitter, We Watch Anything at gmail.com, or on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash We Watch Anything, and send us any suggestions you've got. See, look, someone suggested something, and we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And if you decide to venture into the water and check out a couple of these crop movies, let us know what you thought of them. Yes, do that little thing. Uh, until next time, Jono. I've been Ben. You've been Jono. Yeah. We've been We Watch Anything. Yes, yes. See you all soon. Thanks for listening. And um, yeah, see you next time. Sort Sounds of. good to me. Yeah. Yeah, right. I think we'll, we'll be there next time. <laughs> you could be there too. I still don't feel like I'm very good at these endings.